0: Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Tuesday. Today we're talking with uscfootball.com beat writer and columnist Dan Weber about USC scrimmage that happened on Monday night. We're going to talk about that. we got a lot of questions to get to. We also have some exciting announcements going on on uscfootball.com right now, so check it all out. What well, we want to hear from you, our email address is podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can go to our website, peristylepodcast.com, click on the left side of the page. Leave us a voicemail from your device or your computer, wherever you want to do. You can leave a voicemail there. Or if you want to use a regular old phone line, give us a call, 641-715-3900 and extension 816-646. Leave us a voicemail right there. We will love to play it on the air. We got a whole bunch of voicemails to play today for Dan Weber. Um, so without further ado, let's bring in Dan. What's up, buddy? How you doing?
1: Doing good. Enjoying the uh, uh, semi-day off, uh, I guess you could call it that.
0: <laughs> I feel bad. It's the semi-day off, but then I'm, I'm putting you to work on the podcast. We're going to do a premium chat tonight on uscfootball.com. So it's kind of a busy f- day off day.
1: Yeah, and there's always something going on. I mean, you have to be almost a legal reporter uh, you know, to cover USC <laughs> now. With uh, We've got two cases going uh you know at the same time so uh yeah it uh stuff keeps happening
0: yeah you i think i could get my compliance degree you could probably get your law degree just from all the stuff we're covering on usa Football. believe it or not
1: a long time ago in a universe far away i was the compliance officer at xavier university that uh we were a little understaffed i was also the cheerleader advisor and the <laughs> sid and the uh uh you know you name it i was uh, the entire fox sports group for usc wow uh, but but i did do compliance for a year so i actually uh i did study that nca book and i actually had to make some rulings uh, uh it was uh it was not a, not much fun
0: wow you could put that on your resume dan you're a compliance officer
1: yeah, I'm a com- I, yeah. I might maybe you get a job there's a lot of those available there yeah. are a lot right
0: now yeah all right. Well, so we got if a lot you to, wanted get-
1: to do that. Uh, I'm not sure. Gosh, who would want to do that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we got a lot to get to. So I want to thank our sponsor, first of all, uh, Michael Moline Real Estate. So if you're in SoCal somewhere, you're looking for a house, you want to list your house, uh, MichaelMolineRealEstate.com, MichaelMolineRealEstate.com. You can check him out or call him at 310-275-4688. Uh, great guy. Uh great Trojan. If you want to check it out here in Southern California, he can certainly help you out. If you have questions about real estate from anywhere across the country, drop him an email, tell him you, you heard about him on the Peristyle podcast. He loves that. He loves USC. So we'll we'll hopefully again, like we said, talk to him later on. And uh we're so what's going on today? Uh I was actually up at the Fox Studios taping our Pac Twelve podcast with David Woods from Bro and uh it's that's been crazy so this is my third podcast of the day Dan uh but but there's there, hang in there yeah that there's a lot of stuff going on, on the site so we're doing a huge flash sale so if you're listening to this on Tuesday only until 8 p.m. uh we're doing a flash sale so if you are not a member of uscfootball.com right now for 9.95 it's what the price of one month will give you the entire regular season all the way till December 15th uh for the price of 9.95 so it's a really cool thing we're going to do a for subscribers a premium chat tonight at 7 p.m so 7 p.m on tuesday if you're listening to this before that goes on and dan will be in there i'll be in there gerard will be in there shotgun will be in there i think keely will be in there uh any questions about fall camp or recruiting and all that stuff only for members uh and you can get it for like for 995 like i just said if you're not a member yet which you should be um go in and check it out so cool stuff there and uh, we're also going to do a one-year anniversary party. So uscfootball.com's been at Scout for one year. Um, and we're going to do a party on September 1st. It's a Tuesday evening down in Hermosa Beach. It's the same place we did our signing day party. It's an awesome bar restaurant called The Standing Room, which one of our the P members actually owns it. And they have awesome burgers. So Dan will attest to that. Great stuff. We're going to have a whole bunch of celebrities there. So I'll give you a little sneak peek. Like Colin Cowherd will be there. Uh, Sean Cody of USC fame will be there. We've got Rosh Markazi from ESPN will be there. Donnie Sucho, who's a Olympic setter who was a USC guy. He's going to be there. A bunch of other former players and stuff. And of course the USC staff. So lots going on. That, 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 party though is only for members as well. So, uh, check that out there. We'll, you know, if you become a member, drop us an email. We'll give you more details on that, but lots going on right now, Dan.
1: Oh, it's great. Yep. It's, uh, just, uh, this is the way you want to get into a season with, uh, more stuff going on than you can possibly keep up with.
0: Yeah. And Fall Camp Central is a great resource. If you want to go on USCFootball.com, check it out. We link to all the videos. We put all the stories that we've done throughout Fall Camp. So if you missed anything and we're putting up like eight stories a day. So if you haven't, if you're not on, Every other hour or so, you're probably going to miss something. Um, but so so today on the podcast, what I wanted to convey, we have so many questions, Dan. Lots of emails, a whole bunch of voicemails. We're going to take all of the email questions that you had for Dan, and we're going to address all of them on the premium chat tonight. So I'm going to email them over to Dan. Um, and Dan, we can help them out, too, because there's going to be a lot of them. So all of those written questions, we're going to handle on um the premium chat tonight so definitely check that out we're going to get to the voicemail questions uh we're going to play those on the podcast because that's really for the podcast specifically too um but i wanted to talk to you dan first about the scrimmage um it was the first scrimmage of the fall and kind of get your overall assessment we can kind of talk about some of the things that happened and and get your take on everything dan
1: well i mean uh i think the first take is there's just a whole lot of guys that can play and uh i think they made a good decision as to uh get as many guys to play as many plays as they can and keep playing fast, uh, you know, run 120-some plays, as they said, but not worry so much about, oh, you know, do we have the exact right group for the first offensive line or defensive line or the secondary, or how do we mix and match? I think mix and match is the the word of the day. I know the defense was doing it more uh, consistently all through, but I think we're seeing an awful lot of that on offense. And as Sark said, I think – It may not be, uh, totally fair, let's say, to running backs like Trey Vanden and Justin Davis, because you, you don't always have the same offensive line group in there if they're, they're running three different, you know, offensive line groups. So, uh, but I think the choice is get as many guys as much play early and see how this all, you know, all works itself out. But, uh, but let them know, you know, you may be in there for four plays and, and, give it everything you got and you'll, you'll have somebody behind you and they're going to do the same thing. And, and that's something that's really foreign to how USC has been able to, you know, run the football program for the, this is, you know, the fourth year going now. And, uh, it may be taken some getting used to, but, uh, but they've clearly made that decision. They're going to play a lot of guys, a lot of combinations and, uh, see how it flies.
0: Um, Talking about the running game, it's been interesting to kind of see. We saw Trey Madden. He's coming back from the injury, and we we didn't see a lot of Justin Davis, but he kind of came back, and we're seeing the three freshman wide receivers, and it just kind of depends on the day, it seems like, who's going to perform well.
1: Yeah, and I I think the thing about Trey is he performs well every time they let him go. And you could see maybe they would – you know, running him hard for two practices and then he gets a couple of days off. But I thought of everybody last night, I don't know that there was anybody more impressive than, uh, than Trey Madden and, uh, you know, both the power run game, the quick hit, the, uh, you know, he got outside a little bit and then he caught the ball, uh, you know, downfield. And I just liked everything he did. And, you know, I really like him at the, uh, you know, he's, he's not playing any heavier than 223 pounds. I like everything I'm seeing. Uh, you know, from Trey Mann, I think he looks better than he ever, ever looked. Uh, and, and that's really good news, I think, for USC. I think we saw Justin, uh, coming off that hamstring that pretty much knocked him out for a week, uh, hit it up in there a couple of times really quickly. And I think we've seen, you know, the kind of stuff we were seeing in the summer. Uh, I think he was able to show, uh, they didn't need to, you know, push him too hard. And then there's Ronald Jones, who's just, uh, I think he surprises us that he runs inside as well as he does. His feet are so quick, and he does seem to have the ability to pick his spots. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, a lot, to, a lot to feel good about. Even though you are missing, Chad Wheeler doesn't have the clearance yet for doc, from the docs. It's nine months pretty much exactly since his knee surgery, and uh, even though they've been Putting him in there in the non team stuff as if he is back in the starter. And then Vianney, uh, Talamavaya with the, uh, uh, hamstring. So, you know, you're basically, uh, down two guys who you could consider starters. And so that gets Chris Brown, you know, uh, you know, a chance to be in there, Moose toe at a tackle again. Uh, so they're not completely set in the offensive line. And I don't think they're worried that much about it. Uh, it's not that important. They're not, you know, they don't play Stanford for, four and a half weeks, you know, so uh, uh, I think that's, you know, you want to be ready uh, by then, but uh, but I think they're thinking now, let's give everybody a chance and, and see how much we can get out of each one of these guys.
0: You know, I don't want to uh, alarm anyone or jinx anybody, but I've talked about this a few times and I'll, I'll knock on the table <laughs> on my desk right now if you want, um, but relatively healthy, I would say, this group is. I mean, usually by this time, Dan, we've seen, A couple, you know, knee injuries or something where guys are out for the year. We didn't see really anything over the summer. You know, there's a few guys getting nicked up and missing some practices or things like that. But we're not seeing the significant major sort of injuries. And I know they got the new catapult system kind of going on, but it's really just getting started. I don't think you can attribute a whole lot to that. But it seems like this team, besides the added depth from the full recruiting class, is getting a little bit lucky, at least right now, and, and not having any devastating injuries.
1: Yeah, although, as Sark said, when we asked you about the catapult, it was that, you know, cutting down on the soft tissue injuries. He said, I don't know, we got two hamstrings already, you know, so you can look at it, you know, two different ways. And he said, and one of them's with a guard. You never get a hamstring, you know, with a guard. So... <laughs> Uh but nothing that looks like you know, that kind of, I mean, compared to last year, one would think it's not possible uh to have nineteen season ending injuries the way they had last year. I mean, you know, on top of the numbers, to have that many season ending injuries was just, you know, bizarre. So we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe Sark's bringing in some of that. I think his last year at Washington they said I think he said they had one season ending injury. So uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, uh, USC can, can ride, you know, some of the, you know, his coattails and, and bring some of that good luck. I guess right now you're only talking, uh, a Jenny Harris, uh, with his hip surgery and that's it. Um, uh, thus far.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. What we know, uh, Jenny, is he going to be, he's out for the year. Do we know him?
1: I think so. Yeah. Cause yeah. he had both hips. Yeah. Time. Okay. So that's one guy hips. I forget
0: about, but, um, so my apologize to Jenny. I lo- I really love the way he played last summer. Um you know, wish him a speedy recovery. But yeah, obviously for the most part, um, you know, nothing nothing major has gone on with this. So well, why don't we jump into some of these questions, Dan? And uh you know, we want to talk about the Ricky Town stuff. Here's a question that kind of uh, starts off talking about that. But let's um let's let's play it for you.
1: J D from DC with a question for Dan. Dan, uh, it's being widely reported that Sam Darnold's outstanding performance in the first couple of weeks of fall camp, despite the fact that he was not an early enrollee, has expedited uh, Ricky Towns' decision to transfer. Uh, It appears also that Ricky Towns is not the only one who's been impressed by Sam Darnold's performance. Uh, More than one observer I've read has compared his performance as a first-week freshman, very favorably with Matt Barkley and Carson Palmer. Uh, could you comment based on your observations of these three quarterbacks? Uh, KG, uh, he more like Car- I mean, he more like Carson. Carson was a phenomenal athlete with a phenomenal arm. I don't think USC. I think it's probably not the best idea to always to compare anybody to Carson with his arm. I mean, he was ridiculous, and he was also you know a, a guy ran you know four six something forty. Uh, so he probably physically was in a place that, uh, that very few other athletes are, but, you know, you got a South, you know, a couple of South Orange County guys and, uh, about the same size and, uh, but, uh, Donald's a little different. He's more of a, you know, he's a scrambling, uh, big rebounding high school basketball player, real quick feet, real competitive. I think the thing, you know, and he could probably, if he decided to, could play tight end or linebacker. The thing that surprised us this summer is, uh, as you pointed out, he didn't come in for the spring uh, semester, is how well he threw the ball, how well he threw the ball from the pocket, how well he could just stand up in there. If you watch some of the San Clemente games on television, he's scrambling and running around and doing all kinds of stuff. I don't, you know, I think we thought of him as as a guy maybe he would be more of a scrambler, more of an athlete uh but not a uh, an accomplished deliverer of the, fo- the football, but he has turned out to be that. And you know, he's bigger, stronger and um and they can run the football with him. I mean, he's uh you know, if you run the read option with him, he is legitimately a a threat to take off and quickly and he might run over you if he doesn't run by you. So but I thought the, the fact that he he got even in the, in the, kind of the, the battle for the third string quarterback almost immediately in the summer and then has just, uh, you know, developed and developed and developed to the point where, yeah, there was no more of a, uh, you know, a contest uh, for that spot. It just, uh, he just, uh, you know, keeps getting better and he looks comfortable out there. I mean, he's out there, you know, last night, in ways in which I don't know that a lot of freshmen, other than Barkley, who is a completely different kind of player, but other than Barkley, you just haven't seen freshmen kind of, uh, you know, at, at the place where, you know, Sam is right now. And uh, so um, he's just, I, but I wouldn't compare him with anybody. I just think he's kind of a, a little bit of a unique uh, uh, talent, and uh, he's uh, he's his own guy.
0: Um, and then I guess we should probably just talk about the, the Ricky town situation, kind of what you thought when that all went down on Sunday.
1: Yeah. I was thinking, it was interesting that, that Sark didn't see it coming either. I mean, I don't think any of us, you know, saw it coming that, you know, right then. Yeah. And yet when you think about it, it's probably, I mean, if you've decided, you know, I'm, uh, you know, looking at what's ahead of you and looking what's right there in, you know, in your same class, um, I think it's probably a good decision. And I think Sark agreed I mean, Sark said he, you know, he transferred himself a couple of times and, uh, rather than, and, and I know there might be people say, Oh, stick it out and compete and see what happens. Well, if you do that and you go through the first semester and it turns out kind of the way it almost looked like it had to turn out, it's just, you know, in terms of sheer, you know, physique and athleticism and all the, you know, the set, uh, then, you've lost this year, you you know, probably redshirted almost certainly, uh, but then you transfer and you can't play next fall either. So you may be able to, you have to go somewhere and maybe for two springs uh, before you get to play. So I think the timing is much better if you drop out, you know, before classes start and, uh, you know, as a top 100 player and, a you know, a a highly ranked, uh, you know, drop-back quarterback and all that, there will be people uh, who will uh, be real interested in Ricky, obviously. Uh, you know, the the Southeastern Conference has a, a dearth of uh, really uh, good quarterbacks, and if they could get somebody from California with the kind of, uh, you know, star ranking and all that that, that uh, Ricky had, I think, uh, you know, that would be great. I, I just hope he picks the right place. We really wish him well. Picks a place where he's going to, you know he'll get to go to spring ball and then he'll get to you know play next year and that's not a bad deal at all because if he stayed at USC he wasn't going to play till next year at the earliest as a backup if he got to that point so this gives him a chance to maybe be somewhere else and still be playing next year so so I think it was a good decision on his part I don't think anybody doesn't think it was a good decision on his part that I not that I know of.
0: And then before we get to the other questions, Dan, we can talk about Ricky Town's former high school teammate, uh, Bryce Dixon a little bit. So this is the funny thing is if you watch Twitter as I'm taping the podcast, which I usually do, and I know, uh, you've been involved in this. I don't know what you want to share now. We can probably share stuff on the premium chat tonight. So just, it's, it's kind of up to you, but Gary Klein, uh, wrote a quick story, uh, where he talked to, uh, Hathaway, the, the attorney for Bryce Dixon and, and Hathaway was saying at this time, they're not going to pursue uh, you know, legal action to get him reinstated. So they're kind of they said Bryce is kind of weighing his options. So uh, Gary just put that out a few minutes ago as we we're taping the podcast. I know you've kind of been talking with all the the, the principals involved too. So yeah. if what to give you a chance, yeah, I, that's
1: that's a, that's a correct reading of where they are right now. I mean, I think you know the original plan was they were going to court on Monday and they asked for contempt, and I think USC was like, oh. You know, well, what if we try to, you know, get the, uh, what if we appeal the, uh, you know, the judge's order putting him back in the school and, and I think both sides have decided it's in their best interest to just let it stay where it is now, which means Bryce has a scholarship back. Uh, he has his grades from the, the spring. He also has a class schedule. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. But uh, there has been some some things going on there that would be uh, you'd be able to consider them a, a positive thing. And we'll probably you know put something up uh, you know this afternoon uh, you know about that. But but they're kind of just sort of staring at one another right now. And uh, and that's probably a good thing because basically Bryce got his scholarship back. He got uh, his the expulsion is gone now. And so that's two of the three major things you would hope uh, that he would get. And I think he got a you know a schedule that he he's going to be happy with. And so uh, I think they're as far as the coming back and play football, it's kind of like um, a standoff uh, at this point where they're just sort of staring at each other you know across the you know across from each other and seeing how this plays out or where this goes. Uh, without either side taking uh, a precipitous move, uh, USC is not going to try to turn the order over, and uh, Bryce isn't going to try to force him at this point to say he has to play. So, where that ends up and how that gets there, uh, and what the timetable for, is for that, I don't think we know. Uh, but uh, but I think that's where it is.
0: Alright, uh, let's get back. We got a few more voicemail questions for the podcast. Let's uh here's the next one. Hello Trojan fans. What's going on? This is Big Josh from LA. Question is for Ryan Abraham and uh Dan Weber. What's going on, fellas? Walking around uh USC's football campus and uh I bumped into uh Juju Smith and uh I gotta tell you this guy looks like a baby Adrian Peterson. And he's playing wide receiver for USC. And, uh, really, really excited about this guy. I mean, this guy's jacked up. And, uh,
1: can't wait to see him out there. But my question is, would this, uh, star stud wide receiver of ours be better in
0: that, uh, running back in, in the backfield than for wide receiver? Just kind of throwing it out there. But anyway, love the podcast. Thank you guys for on huh? Uh, he,
1: he's a different, Josh, uh, he's, he's really a different kind of wide receiver. I don't I think there's any question about it. I think his physical skill set matches up maybe better, especially in a league where they play a lot of man-to-man coverage. He has the ability to just kind of dominate physically against, uh, you know, corners. And if he draws a double team, I think there are a lot of ways USC can, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to say, well, we got to help out on him. He's 215 pounds. And, uh, and he can run. What are we going to do? I'm not sure that I see the kind of running back feet. I just think all players have, you know, feet that match their skills, you know, their skill set in terms of their feet match the position. And, uh, it just looks like to me with, uh, you know, with Juju that the ability, uh, the way he can handle himself in the open field, the way he can handle himself, you know, physically going against another guy. Um, I like him better as a wide receiver. I, I, I don't, I mean, I think he'd be, you know, an adequate running back. I just don't know that he'd be as good there as he is, um, as he is a wide receiver. But I can understand why you'd say that because when you see him, he, uh, yeah, he he go, he does come across uh like uh, an Adrian Peterson kind of athlete. There, there's no doubt about that. But, uh, I think that might be a hard thing to pick up at this time in your career. I think he's, you know, kind of wide receiver slash safety if ever, you know, needed. But probably not. I don't, I just don't see him as a running back at this point in his career.
0: All right, let's switch to the other side of the ball, Dan. Let's uh, talk about some defense. Here's another question.
1: What's going on? This is Randall
0: in Dallas. I have a question this week. It's for
1: Dan, and it's about tackling. Has Coach Sarkeesian, mentioned anything about tackling during fall camp, uh, as well as any scrimmages. And once the season starts, will they be tackling during practice? Talk to you next week. Hey, Randall. I, I think it was interesting. They haven't done much tackling and I thought they tackled really well last night. And uh, they've done a lot of open field stuff. They've done a lot of angled running and pursuit drills and uh, control, you know, where you're, you're running and leaning and, you know, body control and all of that. But I think that the secret, if you're playing fast and you're playing aggressively and you've got really good athletes and you get them to the point of attack, they're going to make the tackle. They're going to run through people. And so I thought it was interesting. Though I, I don't think there's been any, like, direct, you know, great deal. I mean, they've done the Oklahoma drill, and they've done stuff like that. But that's more, I think that's more of a, you know, getting them all fired up for practice than it is, uh, you know, really working on technique. But, uh, but I thought the tackling was, was excellent. Uh, but, again, the thing they've worked on so much is uh, movement through space, being under control and yet going all out. And it's an interesting, you know, combination of how you, how you put those two together. But with the thought that if, if your athletes are good enough, uh, and you play hard, you know, practice hard enough, compete hard enough, play fast enough in practice with under enough pressure, you're going to make tackles in, when it, when it's game time. So, so I, 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 mean, I, I think they don't, you know, teams don't do a lot of that, uh, if you're good enough, uh, I think you have to play fast, you have to play aggressively. I don't know that you have to absolutely tackle and practice, but I thought, you know, the other point last night was, with all those guys, 120-some plays, all that tackling, all that going to the ground on every play, nobody got hurt. It was, it was pretty, you know, kind of an interesting, you know, point because they have almost not gone really fully live yet, and it looked very natural, and I thought they, they handled it really well. And I'm guessing... That's going to kind of be the model, you know, for the year. I don't think, you know, for example, Pete's uh, teams didn't, you know, do a lot of tackling. They had one-on-ones a lot, uh, in, you know, in team session, and they competed a lot. And they really went hard after one another, but they didn't necessarily feel like, you know, we've got to have a little game here uh, in the middle of the week. So, you know, I wasn't really encouraged by that.
0: Um we thought, you know, the first day in pads or the first couple of days in pads, they started doing like the Oklahoma drills and stuff, and we got to see a little bit more hitting. But I think that's kind of died off. I guess the last few practices, you could say.
1: Yeah, and and, and I, I and it, those are never, I think, a technique drill. Uh, those are really about getting them fired up and just you know competing the offense against the defense or and having fun. And, you know, being able to, you know, turn it loose a little bit, but uh, but not with the thought that anybody's going to get hurt, but there's a lot of hitting going on when they do those. But I, but I think, you know, I think the, uh, the running under control, taking the proper angles, uh, body, you know, just the body lean and all of that, if you have the kind of athletes USC has, you will tackle people. You run them down and you'll run right through them. I mean, You know, a guy like Osa Messina, I think he he didn't quite step on the brakes soon enough, and he got to the quarterback quicker than he thought. I think it was the quarterback. And he just, like, yeah, it was. Actually, it was Ricky Taylor, now that I think about it. (laughs) and It was, uh, he just ran right through him. I mean, he was gone. You know, it was like, where did he go? And, you know, you're not supposed to hit him, but he got there so quick. And uh, I think that's the thought, is if you get there, you're taking the proper angles, you're, you know, really flying after him, but you're still under control, uh, the tackling will take care of itself.
0: All right. Uh, thanks for that one. Let's see. We got one more voicemail question. Let me play it for you.
1: Hey, this message is for either Coach or Dan. First off, though, I got to tell you, I, I can't get enough of this podcast. This is by far my favorite podcast. I'm out on the East Coast. I'm a big USC fan, but I, I just love it. My question uh, for your wonderful guests are, who does it look like, uh and I know it's early, who's going to redshirt? You know, who can I look at and go, oh, this person's going to
2: redshirt? And I know we got the six, my second question, if we can fit it in, I know we got the six starters on the offensive line, but who would be, if we
1: had to pick a seventh right now that was really looking good? Who is it? Is it Chuma? You know, who? who is it? Guys, thank you so much. Fight on. And I, I just, I cannot wait for the next installment. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you. Wow. Let's just play that one again, Ryan. Uh.
0: <laughs> we really appreciate it. That was very nice. Thank you for that. Oh,
1: man. Uh, as somebody who grew up in the Eastern time zone as well, uh, or where you are now, Um uh, yeah, USC to me at, at that point was like, uh, you know, uh, foreign, uh, you know, whatever it is, terra incognita or whatever they say. But uh, uh, I'm I'm not even going to go there with the red shirt. I mean, with the red shirts, for example, you say, gee, can four defensive backs that are freshmen all get in there? Can four linebackers, all who, of whom are freshmen, can they all get in there? I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. So I, this might be one of those years where you don't. You know, if if you're talking about somebody who's not, uh, you know, maybe his injury isn't completely coming around or or whatever, or maybe who got here. You know, I think there are people who thought, well, maybe Kevin Scott. He got here late. You know, he's out there, and he man, he's a big guy. Holy, and 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 so I'm a, probably gonna make a make that. You know, you say three running backs. Or, 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 you know, hybrid type, different, you know, receiver running backs. Well, they, all of them, I would I think that's probably something you don't need to do at this point. And very often, uh, you know, you're not thinking about guys going five years, even though, you know, Cody obviously went, you know, five and Trey's five and, you know, got a bunch of five year guys. But, uh, but I don't know if you can plan it out from, from this end. So I'm not sure. I'd be penciling in red shirts uh, just yet. You just, you, uh, you just never know. As far as the seventh offensive lineman, I think that's become pretty clear. It's Chris Brown. Uh, he's, uh, you know, worked his way in, you know, at guard with, uh, you know, with Chad and, uh, and uh, uh, Viani not there. And, uh, you know, he's a different-looking kid. He was, last year was 295. I never did quite look that big. And he looked like kind of a freshman, where you know you think, okay, he's got to he got to kind of change that look and get get himself. Well, he's 303 this year, and I guess he's really been working hard with Max. It's interesting the two the guys on either side of him, Max and uh, and uh, Zach, and uh, he's crediting them with really and and Ivan Lewis with changing his body, and he looks like a big time offensive lineman now. But I, I'd say Chris Brown it Has been the guy uh, that becomes the the number seven guy.
0: Yeah, and I I think like Chuma Dogan's been great too. But you're just seeing the guys yeah. getting first team. And they, Dan, I think you know we talked to Bob Connolly a little bit. He's not a big use a rotation kind of guy, but they have so many bo- they have so many capable bodies there. They might use more of a rotation to get more plays in and stuff. So I, it'll be interesting to see what they do.
1: Well, I know he have a couple of games where. That may well happen, you know. I mean, so the the, the tone that they've set now, I think, it could continue and give them, you know, a few more weeks of doing it this way. And then we'll see, you know, see where they end up. And they may, you know, really perfect this up-tempo where they can just go with a lot of players and just keep it going. And uh that might be interesting. Maybe this year it's USC at the end of games. Where the other team is running out of bodies and running out of time. I don't know. I think, I think they're thinking that maybe they can flip that, uh, this year.
0: Yeah, we will see. Um, should be interesting. All right, Dan. Well, we got to get back to it. I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's been a long day for me already and it's only like three (laughs) o'clock. And I know it's been a long day for you. We're going to do, don't forget ever. We're going to have our, uh, I want to get this up too, but we're going to have the, uh, uh, chat tonight. Uh, the flash sale still going on. So hopefully you guys can play this and and get in there quickly. But thanks very much for uh, coming on the show, Dan.
1: Yeah, uh, Thanks, and thanks for all the good questions. Uh, we sure enjoy them.
0: Yeah, we'll, and we'll answer the rest of the questions. I apologize, but we'll put those all in the chat. And if you don't get to see the chat in time live, we, you can still go back as a member and read the chat. So you'll be able to see uh, what's going on there. So thanks again, Dan. And for everyone else, thanks for listening to the Peristyle podcast. Uh, we will talk to you next time. And here's a quick message. From Michael Moline Real Estate.
2: Real estate transaction. Michael Moline Real Estate has industry expertise to help you with both your real property and your personal property as you get ready to transition. Michael Moline Real Estate specializes in properties located on the west side of Los Angeles and the southern San Fernando Valley communities. Allow Michael Moline Real Estate to give you a free comparative market analysis and home valuation so you know how much your home is worth today. Contact Michael Moline at Estate.com. That's Michael M-O-L-I-N-E Estate.com.